0: Welcome to the podcast for Vote on Purpose, a nonprofit here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, focused on making you an educated and informed voter. My name is Meredith Louder. I am one of the co-founders here.
1: And my name is Brian Simpers, the other co-founder. And our mission with this podcast is to educate the community on our local leaders, activists, and potential candidates so we can help create the change we need to see.
0: Welcome to our podcast. Today is October 1st. This is episode 10, and we have Beth Wood here with us. I am Meredith. I'm Brian. Thanks for coming, Ms. Wood. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. came all the way from Raleigh this yes. morning. Yes.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, come and sit down and talk with us. So.
0: Good old Winston thing.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we want to just jump right into it to talk about what you're running for, uh, state auditor or North Carolina auditor. So and what is
0: re-election? re-election
1: yes, right? it's re-election. Yes. So uh, I'm, not a lot of people are familiar with what an auditor does. I think we can associate it to being audited for taxes. You're right. Or, you know, (laughs) after something nefarious has happened, an auditor comes in. So is that the same kind of role or can you explain what you do?
2: Um, It's not the same type of role. Um, So i like to start out with the figure 46 billion. 46 billion with a B. Mm -hmm. This is what it takes to run state government in Raleigh every year. Wow. So where does that money come from? It comes from you and I, the taxpayers. Right. About thirteen billion comes into the state from state income taxes. Mm-hmm. Another eight billion in sales taxes. Uh, Two billion in gas taxes. We all wow. drive. Another billion dollars in corporate taxes, and then the federal government sends us. $21 billion in federal grant money, which is nothing more than our federal income tax okay. that goes to Washington, D.C. and then comes back to North Carolina. Okay. So the state auditor, the state auditor is the only eyes and ears that we as taxpayers have in Raleigh to watch over all those monies you sent to Raleigh and make sure that they are accounted for properly, they're reported properly, but more important to you and I as taxpayers, did anybody waste Mm. the monies that I sent into Raleigh? So we are auditing that 46 billion Mm. that they're accounted for properly, reported properly, and that nobody wasted. We audit the 34 state agencies, Department of Transportation, Department of Public Instruction, Health and Human Services. We audit the 17 universities, Wow. 58 community colleges, and 100 clerks of court. Wow,
0: that's one big, County. Yes,
2: big responsibility. Huge. Yeah. And again, that agency is the only eyes and ears you have as a taxpayer in Raleigh for how your monies are being spent. So
0: how does the clerk of court fall in? What,
2: what do they get audited on? They receive a lot of money from okay. from okay. Ca- counties, uh, the people that live in the counties. So when somebody dies, you've got an estate, and it's got to be accounted okay. for. Um, that's where you pay your um, um, tickets. And yes, yeah, cents. times fines. So a lot of cash. Okay, and it um, sits under the administrative office of the courts, which is a state agency. So they are an extension. Okay, so we're in there again auditing to make sure. That the laws under which that clerk's office should be running Mm. that
0: they are because they again a lot of cash running through the clerks of court Mm. wow i definitely would have (laughs) never even thought about where that money goes when i go pay my speeding ticket yes (laughs) and how it (laughs) comes back around full circle right wow
1: so yeah so even as we we talk about that uh, the current situation with the pandemic covid 19 not a lot of sales tax not a lot of spending going on how do you try to navigate these committees and of different offices and tell them to t- tighten up the, the, the
2: belts and, and? so if hmm. i was that kind of person
0: <laughs> i would sit
2: back and say told you so <laughs> because i have been telling state agency i've been in office now for 12 years i've been telling state agencies pre covid for 11 years you should be setting metrics you should be measuring what you should be spending, what you should be accomplishing against what you actually are. I have been pointing out for 11 years, state agencies that have been wasting our tax dollars. Prime example, the Department of Transportation, we delivered an audit this spring that said they overspent their budget by $742 million. Uh-huh. $742 million. And that meant that there were highway projects, bridge projects, all over the state that were going on that had to be halted because DOT actually ran out of cash. They ran out of cash. So we stepped in to say, how did this happen? So you had a chief operating officer. There are 14 divisions across our state of DOT spending, building roads and spending, and nobody was watching to make sure that what they should be accomplishing is what they were accomplishing, that they were watching their spending against cash that they had. Mm -hmm. They were watching their spending against the budget they were given. On average, the 14 divisions of uh, transportation across our state overspent their budget by $20 million. Oh my gosh. So when the Department of Transportation was looking at what the spending should look like for the next several years, their forecasting methodologies were so antiquated and it didn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm not a forecaster, but I could look at the things that they were forecasting and know that they were off base. Mm -hmm. They overspent their preliminary engineering budget by $194 million. But what they based their budget on was what we've done last year. Mm -hmm. Now, think about preliminary engineering. That's a very intentional spend. And it should be around what projects need preliminary engineering spending. But that's not what they based it on. Mm -hmm. They based it on what we spent last year, which had nothing to do. They based... Their, um, they overspent their um, their operational budget by $330 million. They overspent, but their forecast was, what have we done for the last 10 years? Hmm. No, what are you building the next two years, and what kind of cash is that going to take? Not sort of what we've done for the last, because the projects aren't the same. So when we settled down, we took to the General Assembly and we said, you got a secretary that hasn't been minding the store. Mm -hmm. You've got a chief financial officer, I mean, you've got a chief operating officer, who is not even requiring reports to look at what we did spend, what we should be spending versus what we are spending. To
1: at least they'll target
2: Yes, yeah. yes, and what was allowed when somebody realized that they had overspent their budget for this year, they let them spend the budget from the next year. Oh my gosh. And what you would think <laughs> is at the end of the year, there'd be a up. Mm-hmm. So I spent 25% of my budget next year, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to get, no, they gave you 100%, of your next year's budget, and that just kept going on and on and on Mm -hmm. until it caught up with us. Now, all of this, until it caught up with them, not Mm -hmm. me, (laughs) all of this was Mm pre-COVID. They were going into the COVID year being almost three quarters of a billion dollars over budget, overspent their cash. Mm -hmm. At the end of 2019, I gotta say this, there were, vendors, contract papers, architects, engineers, we owed them at the end of 2019 $144 million. They've done the work, billed us, but we didn't have the cash to, to pay them. them. We owe them $144 million. Can you imagine having a business and being owed a piece of that $144 million? You would go under. Mm-hmm. I mean they- a lot of them are cash strapped. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are laid off people. Mm-hmm. Yes, it hurt a lot of businesses around this state. Plus, you got projects. You drive through and there are cones set up for, for road work and nobody working. Yeah, and nobody working on? because they had to stop. Oh my gosh. So it will take one point five billion dollars to get DOT back on track, and I ask you, Meredith and Brian, where do you think that money's gonna come from? It's got to come from Mm -hmm. you and I. The General Assembly is talking now about how do we get that money? Do we triple gas taxes? Mm -hmm. Do we? Do we put GPSs on people's cars and charge them for use of the roads? Mm -hmm. Come on, the bottom line is though, And then there's the thought that we will pass a bond on the ballot in November to sell bonds, which means we're gonna borrow money, $1.5 billion. Where do you think the money's gonna come from to pay off the bond? Mm -hmm. This is the kind of uh, overspending, this is the kind of inefficient, wasteful spending, Mm -hmm. us not department heads not looking at what they've got, how they're spending it, and what they're accomplishing. This is what I have been preaching for 11 years. Now, in this case, the General Assembly took that audit. They passed a law to make DOT. They had to pass a law to make DOT do their job so that this never happens again. But right now, DOT is one5 billion dollars in the hole because they were not minding the store Mm -hmm. but this is the thing i've been preaching to governors agency heads and i'm plural Mm -hmm. governors agency heads and general assembly members i've been preaching it for 11 years so if i was that kind of person we're now into covid 19 i'd say told you so but i'm not that kind of person (laughs)
0: that is crazy isn't absolutely I mean, you would
2: never run your household this way no and right? i got a budget and i'm looking at what's going out the door
0: i mean you can month. but you will be on the street that's right and, you, know, you will be homeless yeah that's
2: exactly
1: right
0: Oh, my so
1: there's gosh. nothing in place to kind of hold them accountable so that they wouldn't be able to overreach and overstep year after year
2: that's where agency head. Management and I'm not blaming what? that divisions that overspent their budget. Right. I'm blaming management. Mm-hmm. You should have been watching out right. for this. I mean, that seems like fraud. at
0: The level mm-hmm. of the you know secretary, the COO, wasteful not-
2: spending is not illegal. Mm-hmm. Overspending your budget is mm-hmm. not.
1: Illegal. Wow. It should be. It should be because it, it ends be. That's right. Yeah. Us, the people. Because we're sitting with projects
0: unfinished. We have roads that are destroyed between here, Charlotte, and Raleigh.
1: Bridges that are, you know. I mean. Has could end up being hazards, safety right? hazards. And
0: people who work for these companies
1: pay. So that away. was my next question.
2: What are these people doing? The they're, they're being laid off.
0: Wow. And drawing unemployment. Wow. Which is nowhere near, I'm sure, what they made. Absolutely. Because they make good Nine. money. Those are good jobs. And then that,
1: that situation is not even COVID related. That's right. That's just mismanagement mm-hmm. of rights. That's oh. right. And then COVID happened. And now on top COVID of happened
2: on top of it, which has just tripled, quadrupled, whatever right. the situation. And DOT is just one wow. agency. Wow. One agency wow. that this has been going on in for years.
0: Oh my God. Wow. Well, thank you for finally pushing that through and getting maybe somebody to listen because and I, that's insane. I and would just
2: throw that out there that I have been able to get, as I said, the General Assembly um, passed a law mm-hmm. because I put out an audit report that nobody could refute. Nobody could argue. They tried mm-hmm. to say it was this or it was that or it was this. I was like, no, 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 people. It's poor management. And let me show you how I know. I came forward with the evidence that's irrefutable, and the General Assembly could hang their hat. They brought DOT in mm-hmm. to, to answer, and they got no answer wow. because I'm solid on the mark on the dollar because I know what I'm doing. I'm a CPA, I've done all the audits that the state auditor's office does. Mm-hmm. I started at the bottom, I worked my way up to a director in that agency and then I ran for office in 2008 and I won. I have the skill set, I have the expertise and, and the um, experience that no other auditor in the history of the agency. I'm only the second it's been in um, in existence for a hundred years now at the state auditor's office. Hmm. I'm the first female and I'm only the second CPA to ever sit in a hundred years. Seems
1: like a basic requirement. I mean, yeah, that's
0: like taking your taxes to, um, I don't know, a school teacher. You know, if you uh, no real why experience. would you not? So
2: in my years of running for office, there have been several to run against me, this year included, who's never done an audit, who's not a CPA, who's never read an audit, but because there are no Qualification requirements. Anybody,
0: either of you, could run, win, <laughs> and sit in my seat. Is that similar in other states? Are there? There's yes, just no requirements. There is oh, no. Gosh, that but it,
2: it sort of backs yes. up to the C.P.A. certification. The licensure was out there back when this office was set up under the Constitution of North Carolina, but it wasn't that well known and it wasn't understood the relationship between the office and that certification and what it means. So it was set up under the Constitution of North Carolina, it's gone all these years, now it's time. And so this podcast is bringing forth the education to people about number one, why this agency is so critical to you as a taxpayer, but also why it's really not about the party it's about the most qualified right. person yes. sitting in this seat right so thank you for educating
0: absolutely yeah North Carolina thank you that's thank a, you. one of our big things is vote for the person not the party yeah. so we really hope that
1: prime this, example this
0: yeah is prime this example. is one of those situations where we we need the right person in the position
1: yeah. despite what clearly
0: this has been going on for 11 years this is going to affect future generations this will affect our child when he gets a job You're you know, exactly I mean, right he's mm-hmm. only four now almost five but right. 10 years from ten now years he could have his years first years. part-time job and his taxes <laughs> could still be <laughs> yeah. paying off the dmc that's exactly
2: here. right <laughs> you are exactly right <laughs> your children and possibly your
0: grandchildren <laughs> will be paying off that that. 85 that's been in you know a mess since I was a kid <laughs> now maybe this makes more sense <laughs> you know I've been yeah. driven down those roads for 15 20 years thinking when are they gonna finish these projects <laughs> and we used to be a state with the best
2: roads yeah innovation. years ago we had the best roads and, and now we don't yeah and now we don't and now you know what's happening and and how long it's going to be a decade for us to dig ourselves out of this? Wow! Just a DOT.
1: Wow! We'll take a break here. Yeah, let's take a quick my break. My mind is prepared. <laughs> so.
0: Thanks for coming, Miss Wood. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. Came all the way from Raleigh this yes. morning. Yes.
1: We appreciate you taking the time to uh, come and sit down and talk with us. So.
0: Good old Winston thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: So yeah, we want to just jump right into it to talk about. What you're running for, um, state auditor or North Carolina auditor. So and it's
0: is, re-election.
1: re-election. Yes, right. it's re-election. Yes, so uh, I'm, not a lot of people are familiar with what an auditor does. I think we can associate it to being audited for taxes. You're right. Or you know <laughs> after something nefarious has happened an auditor comes in. So is that the same kind of role or can you explain what you do?
2: Um, it's not the same type of role um, so, I'd like to start out with the figure 46 billion. 46 billion with a B. Mm-hmm. This is what it takes to run state government in Raleigh every year. Wow. So, where does that money come from? It comes from you and I, the taxpayers. Sure. About 13 billion comes into the state from state income taxes, mm-hmm. another 8 billion in sales taxes, uh, 2 billion in gas taxes. We all yeah. drive another billion dollars in corporate taxes, and then the federal government sends us 21 billion dollars in federal grant money, which is nothing more than our federal income tax that goes to Washington, D.C., and then comes back to North Carolina. So the state auditor, the state auditor, is the only eyes and ears that we as taxpayers have in Raleigh to watch over all those monies you sent to Raleigh and make sure that they are accounted for properly, they're reported properly, but more important to you and I as taxpayers, did anybody waste Mm. the monies that I sent into Raleigh? So we are auditing that 46 billion Mm. that they're accounted for properly, reported properly, and that nobody wasted. We audit the 34 state agencies, Department of Transportation, Department of Public Instruction, Health and Human Services, we audit the 17 universities, wow. 58 community colleges, and 100 clerks of court.
0: Wow, that's one big, county. Yes,
2: big responsibility. Huge. Yeah. And again, that agency is the only eyes and ears you have as a taxpayer in Raleigh for how your monies are being spent. So
0: how does the clerk of court fall in? What,
2: what do they get audited on? They receive a lot of money from, okay. from okay. Ca- counties, uh, the people that live in the counties. So when somebody dies, you've got an estate and it's got to be accounted okay. for. Um, that's where you pay your um, um, tickets and yes. fines. Yeah, so a lot of cash. Okay. And it um, sits under the administrative office of the courts, which is a state agency. So they are an extension. Okay, So we're in there, again, auditing to make sure that the laws under which that clerk's office should be running, mm. that they are, because they, again, have a lot of cash running through the
0: clerks of court. Mm. Wow, I definitely would have <laughs> never even thought about where that money goes when I go pay my speeding ticket. Yes. <laughs> and how it <laughs> right. comes back around full circle.
1: Right. Wow. So yeah, so even as we, we talk about that, uh, the current situation with the pandemic, COVID-19, not a lot of sales tax, not a lot of spending going on, how do you try to navigate these committees and of different offices and tell them to t- tighten up the, the, the belts? And, and
2: so if mm-hmm. I was that kind of person, <laughs> I would sit back and say, told you so. Mm-hmm. Because I have been telling state agency, I've been in office now for 12 years. I've been telling state agencies pre-COVID for 11 years, you should be setting metrics. You should be measuring what you should be spending, what you should be accomplishing against what you actually are. I have been pointing out for 11 years, state agencies that have been wasting our tax dollars. Prime example, the Department of Transportation, we delivered an audit this spring that said they overspent their budget by $742 million. Uh-huh. $742 million. And that meant that there were highway projects, bridge projects all over the state that were going on that had to be halted because DOT actually ran out of cash. They ran out of cash. So we stepped in to say, how did this happen? So you had a chief operating officer. There are 14 divisions across our state of DOT spending, building roads, and spending, and nobody was watching to make sure that what they should be accomplishing is what they were accomplishing, that they were watching their spending against cash that they had, Mm -hmm. they were watching their spending against the budget they were given. On average, the 14 divisions of uh, transportation across our state overspent their budget, by $20 million. Oh my gosh. So when the Department of Transportation was looking at what the spending should look like for the next several years, their forecasting methodologies were so antiquated and it didn't even make sense. I'm not a forecaster, but I could look at the things that they were forecasting and know that they were off base. They overspent their preliminary engineering budget by $194 million. But what they based their budget on was what we've done last year. Mm -hmm. Now think about preliminary engineering. That's a very intentional spend. And it should be around what projects need preliminary engineering spending. But that's not what they based it on. Mm -mm. They based it on what we spent last year, which had nothing to do. They based... Their, um, they overspent their, um, their operational budget by $330 million. They overspent, but their forecast was, what have we done for the last 10 years? Hmm. No, what are you building the next two years, and what kind of cash is that gonna take? Not sort of what we've done for the last, because the projects aren't the same. So when we settled down, we took to the General Assembly and we said, you got a secretary that hasn't been minding the store. Mm-hmm. You've got a chief financial officer, I mean, you've got a chief operating officer who is not even requiring reports to look at what we did spend, what we should be spending versus what we are spending. To at least they on targets. Yes. Something. Yes, and what was allowed when somebody realized that they had overspent their budget for this year, they let them spend the budget from the next year. Oh my gosh. And what you would think is at the end of the year, they would be assuring up. Mm-hmm. So I spent 25% of my budget next year, so I'm not going to get. No, they gave you 100% of your next year's budget, and that just kept going on and on and on until it caught up with us now. All of this, until it caught up with them, not mm-hmm. me, all of this was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. They were going into the COVID year being almost three quarters of a billion dollars over budget, overspent their cash. Mm-hmm. At the end of 2019, I gotta say this, there were vendors, contract papers, architects, engineers, We owed them at the end of 2019 $144 million. They'd done the work, billed us, but we didn't have the cash to to pay them. them. We owe them $144 million. Can you imagine having a business and being owed a piece of that $144 million? You would go mm-hmm. under. I mean, a just, lot of them are cash strapped. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are laid off people. Mm-hmm. Yes, it hurt a lot of businesses around this state. Plus, you got projects. You drive through and there are cones set up for, for road work and nobody working. Yeah, and nobody working on? because they had to stop. Oh my gosh. So it will take $1.5 billion to get. DOT back on track, and I ask you, Meredith and Brian, where do you think that money's gonna come from? It's got to come from you and I. The General Assembly is talking now about how do we get that money? Do we triple gas taxes? Mm -hmm. Do we? Do we put GPSs on people's cars and charge them for use of the roads? Mm. Come on, the bottom line is though, And then there's the thought that we will pass a bond on the ballot in November to sell bonds, which means we're gonna borrow money, $1.5 billion. Where do you think the money's gonna come from to pay off the bond? Mm -hmm. This is the kind of uh, overspending, this is the kind of inefficient, wasteful spending, Mm -hmm. us not department heads not looking at what they've got, how they're spending it, and what they're accomplishing. This is what I have been preaching for 11 years. Mm -hmm. Now, in this case, the General Assembly took that audit. They passed a law to make DOT. They had to pass a law to make DOT do their job so that this never happens again. But right now, DOT is $1.5 billion in the hole because they were not... Minding the store, mm-hmm. but this that is the is thing amazing. I've been preaching to governors, agency heads, and I'm plural mm-hmm. governors, agency heads, and general assembly members. I've been preaching it for 11 years. So, if I was that kind of person, we're now into COVID 19, I'd say, Told you so, but I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that
0: is crazy.
2: Isn't Absolutely. I mean, you would never run your household this way. No. Right? And I got a budget and I'm looking at what's going out the door. I mean, you can, month. but you
0: will be on the street.
2: That's right. And, you know, you, you know, will be homeless. Yeah. That's
1: exactly right. Oh my so there's gosh. nothing in place to kind of hold them accountable so that they wouldn't be able to overreach and overstep year after year? That's where agency head management and I'm not blaming well, that divisions
2: that overspent their budget. Right. I'm blaming management. Mm-hmm. You should have been watching out right. for this. I mean, that seems like fraud at the level mm-hmm. of the you know, Secretary, the COO. Wasteful, yeah. wasteful not- spending is not illegal. Mm-hmm. Overspending your budget is mm-hmm. not illegal. Illegal. Wow. It should be.
1: It should be because it's be. That's right. Yeah. Us, the people.
0: Because we're sitting with projects unfinished. We have roads that are destroyed between here, Charlotte, and Raleigh.
1: Bridges that are, you know. I mean, could end up being hazards, safety right? hazards. And
0: people who work for these companies. Pay so that away. was my next question. What are these people? The they're employees. Being laid, they're being laid off. Wow. And drawing unemployment. Wow. Let's Which see. is nowhere near, I'm sure, what they made. Absolutely. Because they make good not. money. Those are good jobs. And then that,
1: that situation is not even COVID related. That's right. That's just mismanagement Dude. of rights. That's, that's oh. right. And then COVID happened. And now on COVID it. happened
2: on top of it, which has just tripled, quadrupled, whatever right. the situation. And DOT is just one right. agency. Wow. One agency wow. that this has been going on in for years. Oh
0: my God. Wow. Well, thank you for finally pushing that through and getting maybe somebody to listen because that's insane. I would just
2: throw that out there that I have been able to get, as I said, the General Assembly um, passed a law Mm -hmm. because I put out an audit report that nobody could refute. Nobody could argue. They tried Mm -hmm. to say it was this or it was that or it was this. I am like, no, 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 people. It's poor management, and let me show you how I know came forward with the evidence that's irrefutable and the general assembly could hang their hat they brought DOT in to to answer and they got no answer because I'm solid on the mark on the dollar because I know what I'm doing I'm a CPA I have done all the audits that the state auditor's office does I started at the bottom I worked my way up to a director in that agency, and then I ran for office in 2008 and I won. I have the skill set, I have the expertise and, and the um, experience that no other auditor in the history of the agency. I'm only the second, it's been in, um, in existence for a hundred years now at the state auditor's office. Hmm. I'm the first female and I'm only the second CPA to ever sit
0: in 100 years.
1: Seems like a basic requirement. I mean, yeah, that's like taking your taxes to, um, I don't
0: know, a school teacher. You know, if you, know why experience. would you
2: not? So in my years of running for office, there have been several to run against me, this year included, who's never done an audit, who's not a CPA, who's never read an audit, but because there are no Qualification requirements. Anybody, either of you, could run, win, <laughs> and sit in my
0: seat. Is that similar in other states? Are there? There's yes, just no requirements. Seriously, oh, no gosh, requirement. but it, it sort of backs up to the CPA
2: certification. The licensure was out there back when this office was set up under the Constitution of North Carolina. But it wasn't that well-known and it wasn't understood the relationship between the office and that certification and what it means. Mm -hmm. So it was set up under the Constitution of North Carolina. It's gone all these years. Now it's time. And so this podcast is bringing forth the education to people about number one, why this agency is so critical to you as a taxpayer, but also why it's really not about a party it's about the most qualified right. person sitting yes. in this seat. Right. So,
0: thank you for educating absolutely, the yeah of North Carolina. Thank you. That's okay. a, one of our big things: is vote for the person, not the party. Yeah. So, we really hope that prime example. This yeah, is prime this example. is one of those situations where we we need the right person in the position, yeah. despite
1: what affiliation. Clearly. clearly.
0: <laughs> This has been going on for 11 years this is going to affect future generations this will affect our child when he gets a job you're exactly right he's only four now almost five but 10 years from now he could have his first part-time job and his taxes (laughs) could still be paying off the DRC. that's exactly
2: right (laughs) (laughs) you are exactly right your
0: children and possibly your grandchildren (laughs) will be paying off that 85 that's been in you know a mess since I was a kid. (laughs) Now maybe this makes more sense. (laughs) You know I've been driven down those roads for 15-20 years thinking when are they gonna finish these projects. (laughs) And we used to be a
2: state with the best roads. Yeah. Years ago we had the best roads and and now we don't. Yeah. And now we don't. And now you know what's happening and, and how long. It's gonna be a decade. To dig ourselves out of this. Wow. Just a
1: DOT. Wow. We'll take a break here. Yeah, let's take a quick
0: break. So. All right, we are back with uh more
1: mind-blowing information
0: (laughs) about auditing.
1: About auditing. (laughs) Because it's so important because uh that is what our money. Is supposed to be working for us and right. not against us, so kind of things we take for granted. We yeah, kind yeah. of said
0: during our little break, I, uh, I mm-hmm. have more respect for some things right now after hearing this short, today. And, short conversation, yeah. it is.
1: We've learned so much so fast. So, yeah, you got another example of how
2: well. And this one goes state. so this is again, um, the state auditor's office everybody thinks it's about the money,
1: right.
2: Um, in this situation, we learned that the Department of Public Instruction has 133 online courses that they developed and they hire instructors, instructors to teach. Okay. There's courses, and this makes sense, it's meant for um, AP courses, which is advanced placement. So mm-hmm. if you're college prep, mm-hmm. you can take this in high school. If you're an honors student, you can take some honors courses in high school or middle school. Um, If you just want to take some journal courses, you can. So, and these courses are being taught. So if my, I'm in a rural county, and the high school that my children go to can't offer that course, they can go online and get it. So we learned there's 133 of these courses being offered across the state of North Carolina to our middle schools and our high schools. Mm -hmm. And there was a question about the quality of the courses. North Carolina guarantees they have an adopted set of education standards that all of their courses will meet, whether it's in the class or online. Plus, they guarantee that their online courses is Department of Public Instruction, that the rigor, its the course is challenging and the student right. has to really work because we both know you can memorize, take a, um, a multiple choice and, and the information is out of your head yeah. in a week. sure. But if, you have, if the course is challenging and you have to work for it and it's a practical application, the information is going to stick with you. So of the 133 courses, we took 98 and picked 12. And we looked to see, we hired a subject matter expert who, this is what she does, she writes standards for content of a course. She writes standards for online courses and how they should be taught. She writes standards for how challenging a course should be. So we hired a subject matter expert from the same company that DPI has hired, and we had her look at 12 out of the 98. Eight of the 12 did not contain the content that the courses were supposed to contain. So the kids who took the courses online versus in class did not get the content that they were supposed to in eight out of the 12 courses. Listen to this statistic. 11 out of 12, 11 out of 12, did not deliver the rigor, the challenge, the making the student work for it. 11 out of 12 of those courses did not deliver. Now extrapolate that back to the ninety-eight. Three quarters of the 98 are at high risk for not having the content. When parents heard of this um, audit that we did, I had parents calling me saying, my child took an online course through DPI, was it, there's 22 that have been certified of 133. Only 22. And they're saying, was my child, they took advanced math, was that one? parents should be concerned their children that took ap college prep courses may not have gotten the content and for sure there was not the challenge Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. for the honors courses there was not the challenge there and when we started bringing this to dpi's attention again department of public instruction and we said you guarantee that these courses meet the high rigor, right. the challenge, when we told them, it doesn't, you're on the low end of the rigor scale, they took their guarantee offline. Oh my
0: gosh. They took
2: their guarantee offline. Wow. They didn't go fix the courses. Right. No. They took the guarantee offline. Here is another example. I took this information to the Joint Legislative Oversight Committee on Education, and I presented it. And I presented all the evidence that I had to back up. The Department of Education stood up and said, well, it's all about the teachers. The teachers will make sure the content's there. I said, no, Mm -hmm. they won't. These are pre-developed courses Mm -hmm. that you handed to a teacher to go off and teach. So, no, 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 that did not happen. So they're arguing, arguing against me. Transfer blame. I know what I'm talking about. They don't. And I say on top of that, you have 622 contract um, developers and teachers. And of the 622 for years, you have not either done a performance evaluation on them, or the performance evaluations you did were flawed. Or the performance evaluations you did had the wrong rating. So how can you say the teachers will do a great job when you haven't even evaluated them? How do you know the teachers will do a great job? So here's a performance audit that I did Mm. that has an impact on students across our state that now shows that the online courses that are being taught are at high risk of not being of the substance, the content, and the rigor they should be. Again, pre-COVID findings. That is awful. And now the kids are being taught what? Virtually. Online. So we missed it. These courses online have been around for 13 years, mm. and they are substandard. And now we've pivoted in COVID-19 time, and our kids across the state are being taught virtually, who says the quality is there and they're gonna be taught this? The high school
0: and middle school, the governor has said, probably for the next year. The next school year is gonna be And that's Mm -hmm. impossible. I grew up in a house with a mother who is a retired North Carolina teacher and about 98% of all of her students would say she's the best teacher that ever existed. She taught chemistry, algebra, all across the board. There's no way you can teach chemistry virtually. It's impossible. And I'm hearing from a lot of parents that
2: their child is being given busy work assignments. I There's no real year. teaching going on. Mm-hmm. So where is DPI? Where is the Department of Public Instruction making sure that what our students are getting for the next year has the quality that meets North Carolina education standards. So I brought this to the um, State Board of Education's attention. Some of the um, information that DPI was given the State Board is erroneous. Some of the reporting, and, and they stood up to give some, one of the legislators asked for our AP courses, our college prep courses, the courses we're giving that students are taking and the exams that they're taking how was the pass rate and they stood up and how does it align with the state rate and the national rate for the same courses taught in class and our dpi department of public instruction stood up to give some stats and the chairman of the board mayor sit down because i was going to eat her alive <laughs> because the stats she's been feeding the state board are in error, they're erroneous. And I had informed the State Board of Education chairman that the information DPI was feeding him was wrong. And so he made her sit down because he knew I was going to tear her apart. I had my facts. The important thing to know is my audits are irrefutable. The agency cannot argue with me because I have asked all the hard questions of my staff because I've done these audits. I know how to ask the hard questions. I know what the General Assembly looks for. I know what we need to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. The person running against
0: me, not so much. Not so much. That's so crazy. I I took AP in school. Mm -hmm. A lot of my junior and senior year was AP, and it was ridiculously hard. Yeah. I mean, there was... I mean, it, whoo, not, the <laughs> not the <laughs> virtual one. Not the virtual one. That is a different world. Awful. I mean,
1: well, wow. so yeah. So as the auditor, you, it's, it's safe to say you work numbers because that 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 example was performance like, based on what they projected as far as results. Well, it's then. but it
2: was really more about a program. The program. So we've got a virtual public yeah. uh, school system program mm-hmm. that's not meeting the objectives. Right which is to provide courses that are up to North Carolina education
0: standards across the state. And our standards are pretty low compared to other states as well for our education in general. We, it's drastically dropped over the years and you know. Well, I'm
2: wondering, you say the standards are low, I'm wondering if it's just the performance to the standards because we're not getting the quality education. So because of this virtual public school, because I always assumed is the Department of Public Instruction. Our children's education, their futures are at stake. The only way out of poverty is through education. Mm-hmm. And so I always assumed this department was performing at the level that it should have. Mm-hmm. But if they're not monitoring the quality of the education across our state, that might be why we're dropping. Mm. It might be why we're dropping in the nation as far as performance. Wow.
1: And isn't that the money itself that, if you had a pie chart, isn't that the bulk of money to go towards education for the state?
2: Absolutely it does. Out of the 46 billion I talked about, yeah. 14 billion is being spent in education. Mm-hmm. Um, one at community colleges, uh, two point something at universities, and all the rest in K through 12. Mm. So over $11 billion Mm. in K through 12. The Mm. next biggest pot of money being spent is Medicaid, Mm. 14 billion, and then the third biggest pot drops way down, Department of Transportation, Mm. six billion. Mm. So you've gone six billion is the third, Mm. the two biggest, education, and Medicaid 14. 14 each, they make up over half of the 46 billion being spent.
0: Wow, yeah, and we can't figure out this virtual thing. No, for some reason,
1: no, <laughs> it's yeah, that's gonna be a problem for it's, you know,
0: yeah, it is. Children are going to be set back for years from this and. the blame is just I don't even know where to go with the blame because we should have been prepared to jump into virtual
2: management always Mm -hmm. it goes back to management Mm -hmm. Um, and many people want to blame you know is in charge of the virtual public school system Mm -hmm. but the superintendent of public instruction should make sure that everything under him that affects his division that's true of any agency the secretary of dot You know, he has a a chief operating officer, he has a chief financial officer, but he should make sure that they are doing their jobs. I have deputies that work for me. I'm one person. There's 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. There's almost only so much I can do. So you got to make sure that I and I have the um, spreadsheets. I have the um, dashboards in front of me to know what my staff's doing. And every agency head should have that information in front of them. Our Department of Education should have known that they were getting erroneous information. So I leave it with management every time.
1: Yeah. Every time. I agree. I agree.
0: Yeah. That is so yeah, that crazy. Is,
1: that's, that's, I mean, to be a manager is to be an efficient leader. And to know what the people working for you are doing so you can curve error or problems before it becomes a huge a huge problem a huge problem so yeah i mean it's just you
2: and and look how easy a concept that is for you you don't even work in state government no. and look how that easy a
1: concept I, that is for I you mean, and I we should, can't
2: get it right in state government it's scary it is scary it should be scary I, 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 and we need to or pay, or
0: pay more, more to attention to it, yes. it yes. You know exactly. what I mean, <laughs> we need to exactly we're out here protesting all kinds of things. We're out here standing on corners and trying to make change and all this. And these are some of the things we need to be putting on signs. And these are some of the people we need to be standing in front of these offices. And hold and, them accountable right, yes. for their jobs. It's yes. not just governors and it's not just the senators. It's, you know, it, this is down it's the total right, the agency heads. right, yes.
2: and who they hire. So many times people hire, um, party affiliation, um, a friend, or whatever, or whatever, you know, political, you help me get elected, because there are, in the 34 agencies, there are eight of us who are elected. Your Department of Insurance, Secretary of State, State Auditor, Treasurer, um, Agriculture Commissioner, so there are a bunch of us that are elected, Mm -hmm. and and we answer to you. Right. And so watch what's going on and being done and the raceful spending, because I'm, I'm telling on everybody. I'm telling <laughs> on Republicans, I'm telling on Democrats, I'm telling on everybody. My tax dollars. The I'll money is the money. It Nobody doesn't matter is what color's behind uh, it. That's right. I don't care what
0: party you're affiliated with. If you're wasting it, quit. Right. Quit. Right. Quit. Oh my everybody would like to have lower taxes. Yes, we would. Play. And certainly,
2: you know, again, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that General Assembly members are sitting in Raleigh right now. Trying to decide how we're gonna pay and get North Carolina out of this DOT situation. And I'm telling you, every alternative I saw on paper comes back online in your back. Comes back on. And us. we didn't cause this. That's fault. You problem. are
0: exactly right. We didn't we, cause this. We're, we're gonna, gonna pay for, for it. We're gonna pay for it
2: yes we are <laughs> oh
0: my gosh yeah there's a lot of this needs to be brought to light because it does. I don't think people realize how deep well I know people don't realize how You're deep not. this goes they don't
2: Yeah. and this is one of the reasons I work around the state um, often uh, Lions Clubs, Rotary Clubs, um, Civitan Clubs I talked um, to any group that will hear me not from a political perspective mm-hmm. but from how your tax dollars are being
1: spent perspective Everybody can benefit from that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So you want to take another break real quick here? Yeah, we
0: can take another break.
1: Yes. Yes, welcome back. So we, again, are trying to recover from massive amounts of information that is super surprising. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to wrap our heads around how, you know, we could get into a hole from different departments in the state. So... You know, obviously, an auditor, like you just said, kind of puts together a roadmap, finds out what's wrong, how it can be fixed, or, you know, project what can be done or what needs to be done. Who really is the committee or oversight committee who not brings in the uh, punishment, but who is who the, the, the people or the agency that looks really? at these issues Fix the and fixes the problem? Yes. Thank you. Uh,
2: so a lot of people believe it's the state auditor. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've even done presentations at the General Assembly, and they would just be sitting there in awe at the problems, and they're saying, and what are you going to do, Madam Auditor, to fix this? And I'm like, uh, nothing, because my job is to find the issues, to find the inefficient wasteful spending, and I have a lot of authority to do that. The state auditor has subpoena power. Okay. Ah. And there is um, a law in place that allows me to look at any records I need to talk to anybody I need to, when I need to. And if somebody says, well, yes, you can talk to Meredith, but it's tomorrow at nine o'clock after I've had time to prep her. No, I got a subpoena right here that I says I can talk to, to Meredith right now. Wow. wow! And if you try to hold records back for me to say, well, you know, they're confidential you can't look at them. No, the subpoena says I can. Ready access law allows me to do all of this, but that that's where my authority stops. Okay. When I find it, Mm -hmm. and I report these irrefutable findings, I cannot make anybody fix anything I find. That's Mm -hmm. left up to members of the General Assembly or the agency head where I found the problems or your governor. They are the mechanisms for fixing this problem. So um, I tell people all the time, when people are asking you to vote for them, as a legislator or a governor so what are you doing about what the state auditor finds? Because those are the people that can actually make things happen. When I finished the DOT audit, the oversight committee put into law things that DOT would do to make sure that they never run out of cash again. When I presented the virtual public school findings, legislators pounced on Department of Public Instruction and said, fix what she just told you about and don't give us any more excuses and show up in 60 days and tell us how you were gonna do it. So that has been probably the biggest impact of my agency and my administration is that I have been able to give the governor and the general assembly and even agency heads irrefutable work, roadmap to what's wrong in your agency that you're sitting up here and you can't see it. I'm telling you, here's where the problem is. I've proven it. They can't prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. So here's your roadmap. So the governor, the General Assembly, or the agency where I found the problems, those are who can fix those horrible problems that I've been finding. Wow. wow. So do you get any
0: pushback from agency or?
2: No. I would have to say now, um, I've worked for now two governors that were Democrats and one Republican. I had two of them, one Republican, one Democrat, that took nothing I said to heart, nothing I said. And uh, Governor Cooper, I will say, sends his secretaries in to see me. Because he told them, he said, you're new? i just brought you in in this administration. She knows, she has been here, you know, 12, uh, eight years before us. She knows what's going on in these agencies. He sends even his chief of staff to talk to me to find out what I know that his agency heads aren't telling him. Wow. So, no mm-hmm. pushback. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm going to give fair play here. I've got a Republican General Assembly, same thing. Mm-hmm. They want to know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, because they'll go ask an agency, and even Governor Cooper will go ask an agency. Sometimes it's just errors. Sometimes they don't really know what they're talking about because they haven't no been tracking stuff. And sometimes it's intentional. And so when they really either sign, the Democratic Governor or the Republican General Assembly, in this last four years, if they wanna know they come see the State Auditor because they know I'm gonna give it to them. We don't, our reports don't lean right, they don't lean left, they lean right down the middle where the evidence is. And so um, I have agency heads, DPI for one, uh, Department of Agriculture for two, Department of Health and Human Services used to give me a lot of pushback not under Dr. Mandy Cohen. She's always welcoming what I'm finding. Mm. Um, Sheree Berry, the commissioner (laughs) of labor, always wants to know what I found and she fixes what I find. Mm. Um, But I do Department of Public Instruction, tremendous amount of pushback the last four years. Mm. And Department of Agriculture, when we go in and look at the inspections that they do and they don't charge the write fines, they don't collect the fines, which go out to our school systems, a lot of pushback from the Department of Agriculture.
1: When you get that pushback, do you have allies in those offices that kind of... No, no. uh, If if
2: somebody decides not to fix what I find, particularly in an elected office like um, the Department of Agriculture or the Department of Public Instruction, unless the General Assembly
0: steps in and puts in law and makes them then nothing will happen. Wow. Nothing Guess will happen. what? You can start coming to us and we will put it on podcast. <laughs> we'll talk, we will get we'll processed.
1: Even, even with being meticulous as you are and, and, and the reports, it's kind of like you're the godfather. You you bring the reports and, and things they can't refuse or receive. Cannot
2: refute. Cannot.
1: But they still will turn They'll a blind eye them. to it and say, well, we'll see what we can do or, and do nothing. And they do nothing. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that it's, is terrible. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> to me, I, I don't know how we can operate uh, properly as a state if we don't have, you know, well, this and, and metrics I, and measures. And you're exactly
2: right. And I will say this. Uh, I get the question a lot. Who audits the state auditor? Well, I have an audit done once every three years by audit directors and managers from across the nation. Audit shops from across the nation send in a group to come look at me. And I was at a conference two or three years ago and they were talking about um, downsizing the questions and downsizing what they looked at in our peer review, our audit of the auditor. And I said, no, no, I want you to come in and look, go through me with a fine tooth comb. I too am an agency head, I got my dashboards But if you can come in and find something we're not doing like we should, I want to know about it now. Don't soften this. Mm -hmm. Don't lessen what you look at. If anything, I want you to get more stringent when you come look at me. Because you're a cold set of eyes looking at how my operation works. Mm -hmm. We have standards that we're supposed to be doing our audits by. So again, I welcome, I welcome an audit of my shop. In my
0: opinion, everybody else should too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you lessen it, that's just going <laughs> to put everything back to what's going on with DOT and schools and
1: of education. And it's, yeah. it's going
2: to tell the agency head stuff they didn't know.
1: Yeah.
2: It's going to tell them stuff they didn't know. That's right. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot to take in. Um, I, I did not know that this was uh, all involved with the, uh, the NT audit. And it shows.
0: Uh, the disconnect too between all of the Sadly. positions, especially <laughs> the elected positions. I mean, Sadly, yeah. this should be Cause they're spending. so much more connected.
2: Yeah, they're it. spending your taxpayer dollars. Yeah. And when I show them how they're not spending them well, or they're taking your taxpayer dollars and not doing their job well, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm gonna get all these facts right, but I'm just gonna, I'm just, we did an um, a, um, audit and it was because people from the Department of Agriculture that worked there turned in the Department of Agriculture. And and they were saying, we have inspectors that go out and inspect these dairy farms, and we write them up because there's cow manure where it shouldn't be, or there's, uh, Fly, there's a door missing on the dairy barn and all these flies are flying around, which are very, you know, there are things that should not be going on. We write them up, they're supposed to pay a fine. We go back six months, uh, 12 months later, they haven't cleaned it up. We write them up again, supposed to be a fine, on and on and on. And so um, people question me, is our milk at risk? Well, what I was told, it so so the agriculture commissioner goes on, on um, a video and says, here's what our dairy barns really look like. Well, he was at NC State, and what do you think their dairy barns look like? And saying that, you know, the audit is not really, our milk is not at stake, we pasteurize it. Some of the comments I had from the staff that worked there, well, well, nobody's died, nobody's gotten sick. You know that is really um, a a metric where you don't want there to be a plus or minus 1%. You want that to be a zero tolerable error rate. But that is the kind of pushback, oh and then and then not only. So the feds say that these um, um, inspections should happen once a year. Well, if the inspections are not that important, and the pasteurization process is going to take care of no matter what's in the milk, pasteurization process is going to take care of it, and the inspections are no good. Why do the feds say we only that we have to inspect once a year all these dairy farms? and yet our commissioner is inspecting twice a year. Mm-hmm. So we're taking our people and we're doing work that they're saying is not useful yeah. because of pasteurization process. So this is a prime example of the kind of pushback, along with the DPI one I told you about. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm gonna give fair to the Republicans, Commissioner uh, Sheree Berry, mm-hmm. we did um, an audit um, on the inspections of her elevators mm-hmm. and some other work over there. As soon as we put it in front of her, not even in a report, boom, she was fixing it. She was fixing. Yeah, it. I think she's probably mm-hmm. one of
0: the most well-known names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all joke about that every single uh, yeah. time we're in an elevator. Everywhere
1: <laughs> because across you across see scene. her
0: name everywhere. And yeah. Her
1: picture, yeah, picture. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, that's.
0: You should have a seal
1: you should have a, <laughs> so know a stamp like,
0: this organization is running properly, and we've just become so used to taxes on everything and mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they kind of trained. And
0: he's from Delaware, so he's he's from a state where there's no taxes. Wow, no sales tax. Wow. Yeah, um, no sales tax. Yeah, so, right.
1: but I mean, we got tolls, but I mean, but again, when you
0: go buy a laptop or you know get a new cell phone, yeah, or whatever. dollars nine, you're
1: paying right. right. so,
2: sales tax is our second largest revenue generator mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, it's sales tax is the second largest state income tax, being the biggest. So, that's a huge revenue for us. Yeah. And, um, again, you think about every time you every time you go buy a soda, a pair of mm-hmm. jeans, mm-hmm. food, and they charge your sales tax, you know who's looking out for them. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> and then the scary part is COVID has reduced that Tremendously. So, I don't know how.
2: Our gas tax has plummeted sales and use tax, like when you pay taxes on a new car, that has plummeted because people aren't buying cars, people aren't buying gas. And and because of COVID, the gas price went down anyway. So that reduces the gas tax that you're paying. So again, tough times ahead. And it's more important over the next two years that every agency is spending their tax dollars the best, most efficient, they can and getting the most out of the employees not working them to death mm-hmm. right but working them smarter right. working them smarter not harder.
1: smarter not harder. Right. yeah yeah it's, it's a scary situation
0: it really is I, I just... yeah.
1: it's scary knowing that we're coming into this pandemic at a deficit in a lot of those departments right. that you oversee it's it's scary that the management I don't know if they're ready or in place
2: I would say no, given, um, given the impact, things that have changed since I've been in office for 11 years. I've been preaching efficiency, I've been preaching metrics. Um, I've told people how I've got metrics set up in my own agency. I was telling y'all earlier, 2080 hours, you pay my staff for 2080 hours a year. And they're required to charge, the staff is required to charge 80% of that time to an audit or an investigation. And you can't just dump time into the audit or investigation because it's got a budget. Mm -hmm. And you can't charge it outside of the audit or the investigation because you can only charge 20% to um, training or your computer being down or vacation or sick time. All of this counts towards your 20%. And so I'm the only agency that's minding the time of what my staff is charging their time to Mm -hmm. that's producing effects for you, the citizens, I'm the only agency measuring that. The only one.
1: How can us as citizens even try to hold these folks accountable? Is there anything we can do? To Demand from
2: your legislature and your governor mm-hmm. that the agencies who are spending your tax dollars have metrics in place to make sure they're spending the most efficiently and the most effectively. Letters tax from Yes, Congress.
1: yes, yeah. yes yeah now that we're becoming more educated we know what we're going to be talking about we have
0: learned how to make these phone calls this year because of Definitely. all the things going on and now with sure. Ruth Bader Ginsburg and we yeah. made god I can't even tell you how many calls because we work in the airline industry so mm-hmm. the CARES Act has been it's a big deal. major for us which yesterday we just found out Tillis and Burr signed on to the extension so yeah. Yeah. We,
1: um, we're, Trying to save more yeah, jobs. We're and, definitely going to put yeah.
0: some information out about how people can reach out and
1: hold. Them yeah, I mean, it's, and true.
0: if I could, I, do we have time to talk about one more issue? Yeah, sure. sure.
2: Um, so the state of North Carolina has gotten four billion dollars, four billion with a B, of federal CARES Act money, mm-hmm. and the General Assembly put into law who's going to get that money, how it's allocated. Mm-hmm. The three biggest agencies that are going to get the money is Department of Health and Human Services. Um, Department, um, Office of State Budget Management, and um, Department of Public Instruction. So the General Assembly put in that same law, they want the state auditor to do a preliminary financial state, preliminary financial audit on that $4 billion, and they want me to do a performance audit. In other words, we spent the money, did we accomplish with those monies what we were supposed to? Right. And I told my staff immediately when that saw that law, I said, put down everything you're doing. They want me to deliver this audit report March 1, 2021. And I said, we're not gonna wait till December 31st and do this audit. We're gonna start now. We're going to those three big agencies. And we're gonna say, what plan do you have in place to make sure the money is spent appropriately? What plan do you have in place to make sure the money is tracked so we can see where it was spent? And what plan do you have in place to accomplish what's supposed to be accomplished with those monies. Now, I'll give you a quick example. So, uh, of the monies that DPI is getting, um, 30 million dollars is gonna be spent on computers for children that don't have one. So, how did you identify the children that don't have one? Right. What school systems did you send it to? What are you doing to make sure that the children that don't have one are actually the children that got them, and then, what did you do to make sure that the children that got the computers have the Wi-Fi or the, mm-hmm. cause there's another $11 million being spent to put Wi-Fi in those communities that don't have it mm-hmm. and make hotspots in community centers or different libraries, different mm-hmm. places yeah, yeah, that yeah, don't yeah, yeah. have it. Sorry. So then how did you identify those communities, Mm -hmm. how did you make sure that the hotspots went where the places that they should have gone, DPI, what are you doing today, Mm -hmm. this day, to make sure that when we get to December 31st, 2020, Mm -hmm. that all of this was accomplished with that $4 billion. That's just a small example. So we are looking now. We're gonna be writing findings within the next two or three weeks to the General Assembly to say, this agency doesn't have any plan in place. This agency didn't establish any metrics because they said the law didn't require me to. Mm-hmm. The law didn't require me to.
0: I mean, this is no different than a small business walking into a bank and saying, hey, I need $50,000 to start this podcast and this nonprofit. The basics of a How business plan. How can you plan? help me? Yes. And they are going to want to see it on <laughs> paper. Yes. And if you they're don't right. have it, they're going to deny you that yeah. loan. I mean, that is step- one business the, 101. yeah these agencies should not be getting a pass uh, that is a large amount money.
1: of money, money mean,
2: and, 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 and in the dpi I, I don't mean to keep harping on dpi um osbm is going to be handing money out to um cities and counties that qualify so again how do you ensure that those that got it qualify because i think it's two hundred fifty thousand is going to be given to every county um, other than the three big ones, mm. Wake, Mecklenburg, and I think Guilford, because they got money directly from the feds. Wow. And then, so it's gonna be 97 counties, and everybody gonna get 250 million, 250, um, thousand, yeah. and then um, got, you're gonna get money based on your population in the last census. So who's gonna make sure that the formula worked out right and everybody got what they were supposed to get over and above the 250,000? Mm. So again, what are you doing today? Right. So many times we have a hurricane and we throw this money out to all these people that are in need after a hurricane. And then a year later we forget. And and one of the biggest ones, Floyd or whatever, we had all these campers and little mobile homes that had um, asbestos in them and nobody took them back or tried to sell them. Or, so, so we just forget. We just don't account for all the money that we got. And, and, you know, once the people moved out of the campers who were displaced and had to live in a camper, we could have sold them, probably. Yeah. But we let them just go into the, you we know, just waste. waste. And then and, and then some people actually got left in their camper. And so mm-hmm. we just don't follow up mm-hmm. in these times of disasters. Yeah, that was so, FEMA, I think. Yes, cool. yes, FEMA money. Yeah. So I want to make sure with this CARES Act money that there's a, a plan all the way through this next you know, six or eight months, because right. we're supposed to spend the money by 12-31-2020. Uh, now, if there's an extension, it may go longer right. than that, mm-hmm. but at least the last thing we heard, it was December 31st, 2020, and I want to make sure that when we get to the end, mm-hmm. we fed every child that's supposed to be fed. We educated every child we were supposed to. We boosted those that got moved from that were not tracking well when COVID nineteen hit mm-hmm. and that last quarter of the school year just went to heck in a handbag. And so these kids got pushed into the next grade. Right. Well, there's about seventy million dollars to help those kids be ready. If they got pushed, if they got pushed and weren't ready, there's seventy million dollars with DPI. Which kids did you identify? How did you identify them? Did you get the money in the right place? And did the reading and math program for one through fourth grade mm-hmm. didn't meet the needs of those kids that got pushed there's so much preparation now so much monitoring now mm-hmm. that if it doesn't happen when we get to the end we will have spent the money and not met the objective and the kids are still going to be in the same place they were in here exactly right. before right? that's exactly right the general assembly saw a need they knew the kids were coming out of the last year the last quarter not done well yeah, yeah. and that they're going to be kids struggling this summer and going into the next class well, as far as I know, the reading programs weren't even set up this summer, as far as I know today. But we're going to be writing findings and giving them to the general Assembly in the next two or three weeks to say, here's what you meant for it to be done with that money, and here's what did not happen, mm-hmm. so that they can get somebody off their butt and mm-hmm. get it going so that we can recover, and at least by the end of the year, meet the objective we meant
0: to meet. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know. I'm just... I'm like dumbfounded right now. I get
1: I get saddened by the process and the lack of process. Yeah. That these departments and, and you know, heads of these departments don't have people in their own department that come to them with projections, the plan, the numbers, because then they should be able to sit with you and say, here's what we're projecting, here's what you take a look at our numbers and make sure we're on track to find out. For
2: any of them that have a plan, my staff is going to look at the plan and make sure the plan makes sense. Is it detailed enough? Does it cover the things we're looking for? So those that have a plan, DHHS hasn't spent much money yet because they've been trying to work up a plan. Hmm. And so we will look at that plan. But they are really, and, and the worry there is there are people that need that money, and it's not getting out there. But they are trying to come up with a plan so they can count for the money, make sure it goes to the right place and the right
0: people. So I I get it. But there are people that need it. So y'all need it Right here, we, um, over the summer, one of the people that, uh, Joshua Black, we did a protest with him during the Black Lives Matter movement and found out that part of Winston did not have the free COVID testing. The money was there for it, but it just wasn't happening because that's an area that nobody really cares about so they put together letters and we emailed all the city council and the commissioners and what do you know they magically found the money and got the testing set up mm-hmm. but if this stuff is not coming to light and somebody's not bringing it forward right it, so that we know it, it, just,
1: it allows them to keep operating right in the same that's, way. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right and
0: they had that money available to put that out there and chose not to because of the the area yeah um and that's just i think they really count on
1: us being i mean
0: complacent
1: or ignorant of the inner workings of you know government so that they can keep operating under the radar but once things start happening and you start seeing huge deficits and huge issues that should have been caught earlier well now we want to bring that information to light before it gets down that road. You are nice. absolutely right. I
2: tell people all the time, by the time I find it, it's too late. Yeah. Right. By the time I find okay. it, it's too late. It's because if I'm going to write a right of finding, it's bad. I mean, there's standards by which I write findings, and um, if it's if I write a finding, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's required to be reported, and by that time, it's really in bad shape. So, yes, so all of these agencies um, have their own internal audit shops, and many of them are not using those appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my next—that's mm-hmm. my next uh, hill to climb—is yeah. to get that function. We're spending eighteen million dollars a year on internal auditors in each of these agencies, right. and um, we're getting nothing, See. nothing. Yeah, that should be they should, that make should make be a
0: separate.
2: Um, well, the law—the you know, law sets it up. Mm-hmm. So that it's reporting to the right people so that you can't hold them back. But, but they just, it, the, the system has failed. The department of personnel has not set up the positions so that we can hire in the best and the brightest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not the oversight from the council that I sit on. That's why I say I'm getting ready to climb that hill. I'm a non-voting member on the council, but I do have a voice. And so if you take a bunch of, think about it as a bunch of my little shops, and put them all around these agents yeah. to be looking at some of the same things I'm looking at. Okay. We'll get it. this a lot across faster. the
0: state. Sure. Yeah. If yeah. there were 20 of you mm-hmm. split over the 100 counties, you know that would well, it would be
2: more in the departments at state level. Yeah. So split over those, what those what 34. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot, but we could get a lot accomplished, and we could yeah. um, bring to light, as you were saying, a lot of these issues. We
1: right. could right. And that's the point. That's what we want. That's the goal. At least from our little our little uh, situation here on yeah. the podcast, we want people to be informed and understand what's working behind the scenes and where our money goes and what results we want to see and how do we get there.
2: Absolutely. Well, your podcast is well done. I have to so. say, thank no. you.
1: The questions were awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for taking your time again. I My your pleasure. Schedule you laid out a whole lot of things that you have to get done so we don't want to keep you from doing those things. <laughs> so vitally important to our welfare and well-being. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Really appreciate There's it, Ryan. Thank you. Um, we will put your website info in the notes of the podcast if you want to tell everybody where they can okay. find you. Um, yes, Bethwood, bethwoodcampaign.com. I did not mean to
2: say that. Bethwood, NC Auditor. Um, it's the .net, okay. and um, so you can actually go there, Bethwood, uh, ncauditor.net. Um, you can actually go there and read some of these audit reports, particularly okay. under the performance. There's an icon for performance audits. There's an icon for investigative audits. Again, those will... Talk, show you some of the things I mean we wow. are having black and white some of the things I've mm. been telling you and you can read some of the other work we've done but it's North Carolina Editor um, Auditor, North Carolina <laughs> Auditor dot net.
0: This Not is going to be like our next like unsolved mysteries um.
1: <laughs> <We gotta work laughs> Yes. so much we can bring out and
0: talk to people about because sure. it's just unknown.
1: Yes thank you again. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you to our guests. We appreciate you listening to the Vote on Purpose podcast. We hope you receive new information you could use in this upcoming election.